So, Tammy, Dr. Tammy, nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on. Um, really happy that you can join us. <laughs> um, and how this works is uh, we we have a few questions for you, but the, the last guest leaves the question for the next guest all of the time. And that question for you from Tony Nava is, uh, what is the relationship between blockchain technology and freedom? Oh, that's a great question. So hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I sure appreciate being here. So what is the connection? So for me, I think it's the idea of decentralization. And um, because blockchain technology offers ways to handle governance, to handle some of those things that require a middle person, someone, a third party, um, if it's, you know, centralized systems require a third party. So I think decentralization um, removes that. And I think part of that is when you remove that is that you create a space for people to have ownership, for people to have access for people to really be in control of their assets. If we're even talking about things like digital assets um, that blockchain technology is typically attached to through smart contracts and some other things. So I think, so for me, that's the way I see it. I see because that opens it up and really creates freedom because that gives you back some of the power that's taken from you through centralized um, systems. And so mm -hmm. I think blockchain technology is that technology that's in the middle, that infrastructure that's at the foundation that opens all those things up that we, the buzzwords that we talk about now, NFTs, metaverse, all those things. If it's truly decentralized, then you'll probably see blockchain technology. Cool. No, brilliant answer. I'm sure Tony will be interested to, to hear it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, tell me a bit about you then. What is your involvement in blockchain technology Web3? So, oh my goodness, I do a lot. So I am a strategist. I don't call myself a coach, but I'm a strategist. And in that I'm a consultant, but I'm also a traditional educator. So I um, have been in the traditional educational system, uh, the grades, the grade school level and higher education where I am now. Um, I'm also an author, a speaker, a researcher. So in the blockchain space, what I've done um, just in my with my web two business in general is more of a consulting firm. And so what I've done is kind of created this ecosystem where I can do all those things that I do and do well and love to do within that. And so in blockchain, that's what I do. I onboard folks into web three. Um, I particularly like blockchain technology. That's where I started. Mm -hmm. um, web three, of course, is connected to that. Um, and so I do help with onboarding, but I also like helping leaders, entrepreneurs, businesses, um, startups, or small businesses over at the beginning of the process, um, come up with creative solutions. And part of that is also thinking about how can you be viable in the future, the future of business, right? The future of work, if you have employees, what does that look like? And so those are the things that I like to do. But I also, because I'm an educator, I also help with blockchain-based curriculum and um, help do that with different organizations like ICORBP, International Council of Registered Blockchain Professionals. Um, I'm also a professor, professor at Altas University where I teach courses 
in their blockchain studies program. And so I do a lot and that's just a little oh. bit, <laughs> but my sad. biggest thing that's connected to what we're talking about today is what I call be a Jedi work uh, in this space, belonging, access, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion that I do in here. And everything that I do is grounded in that and looking at it from that lens. It's really interesting. I've been uh, thinking about it as a concept recently as uh, representative education. Uh, do you think it's something that's lacking in blockchain or are we still in time to 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 make the educational resources and, and the people who are teaching us, do we still have time to make sure that's diverse? Yes. I Think so, no. And I think like when we're talking about diversity in blockchain, we're talking about that. We're mm -hmm. talking about making sure that how we're delivering our education um, in whatever system it is, whether it's online, the metaverse, wherever it is, that we have a diverse representation, even our avatars, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, that all of that is diverse. And I think there's still a chance for that. But I think that goes back to the onboarding, right? That we're onboarding people of a diverse population that we're being inclusive in onboarding those who can then be the teachers and leaders, where they're, whether they are in a traditional educational system and involving it and including it there, sorry, including it there, or if they're just in this Web3 space and consider themselves as educators. Hmm. Yeah, it's quite a tricky one because it's like how far back in the, in the pipeline do we have to go to make sure like it's, it's such a big concept and such a big task that I think it's uh, quite difficult. But yeah, where do you where do you go for your resources then? I'm assuming you you're educating. You have a, a fair amount of knowledge, but uh, where sources do you trust to learn more? So that's a great question because I know in this space the one thing people always say is do your own research, do your own research. But I I, I consider that. Um, an escape goat to really getting down to what it is. How do I really find this information? And I know for me, I found that information through a mentor, someone who could point me in the right direction. So then I could do my own research. Uh -huh. Right. So I think my most valuable resource is someone who's been in this space longer than I have and may have had some of those um, not so good situations and have learned and can say, okay, look at this. Um, check out this, not that, right? That sort of thing. And I think a mentor. And then my other thing is a community to find mm -hmm. a community of like-minded people who can, because then you have the group, you as a group, you kind of, you can hear other perspectives, other stories and you do that, but you got to be careful about communities because we'll, we'll, that's a whole nother thing in this space is security and being safe. And, um, but if you find the right community, I think those two things have been the most valuable at throwing out a resource, whether it's a book, a link or whatever, you know, whatever resource, a video. And for me to go see, is this good? Is this work mm -hmm. for me? Yeah, I get it. I think the mentorship, it comes up a lot as well as a recurring theme. And I do like the idea of this kind of like trickle down knowledge. So, you know, even if somebody only knows a little bit more than you, like there's something valuable in that. And then the person above them knows a little bit more. I think it's nice to to make these kind of connections, which uh, I have always done through through Twitter and obviously through the team at Diversity and Blockchain and all of the people that I get to speak to, like yourself, which is amazing. Um, yeah, I think it, it does help. Um, what about then? Um, your 
um, with diversity, uh, how do we how do we ensure that? I mean, practical steps towards ensuring that there is diversity in blockchain web three. <laughs> I love this question because it's about action, right? It's about what we do. Yeah. And I think one is access, is to create an opportunity for folks to access this space who are not normally and traditionally included. Mm -hmm. One of those is, I know like just at a conference, look at the roster of speakers. <laughs> and many of the large conferences and the more popular ones, if you look at their roster, there'll be 99.9%, you know, very homogeneous. You won't see, um, you know, a diverse group. And so I think that's one to look. So when you're planning an event, when you are um, in a space, a panel, or um, you're having an educational opportunity that you're inviting folks in, you know, you're giving giveaways to allow people in, maybe look and see who's not in the room. Is Super practical, practical advice, definitely. You know, so look and see who and invite them and invite them into this space. It's all you can do. You can invite now, whether they accept or not, you cannot, you know, you cannot control that, but at least invite them. And mm -hmm. then I think the other thing about accessibility is making it easy and not easy as in, you know, um, like watered down, but just making it practical as far as the information you're sharing and making sure that it connects to them to really meet people where they are so that way they can connect because if you're talking all this and and people are all around you because of the glitz and glamour and this particular panel is set up because of the names rather than who can deliver that we talk about the education piece deliver the information most effectively then that mm -hmm. leaves people out because that, that excludes people indirectly because they don't connect with you. And mm -hmm. so I think part of that accessibility piece is, is look who's in the room and then make sure you are this equity, right? Equity is kind of before any diversity and inclusion, you need equity to mm -hmm. make sure that everyone needs are met in that room and they're given the resources they need to make sure they can access the information. Yeah, perfect. And then what about from, from the other side? Because I completely agree with you that you know, somebody who's organizing a big event needs to look at who they're bringing into to the event. But from the other side, as like a, an, attend, an attendee or or somebody who might be in a historically underrepresented group, how do they kind of like push their way into places at those tables where they are not even necessarily invited? And Maybe so I think that, yeah, that that's a great question, and that and that's a different angle because you're trying to enter a space that you're not necessarily invited or welcomed, and so that's a different feeling. And not everybody has the, you know, that that part of them that's willing to be that that likes the conflict of entering yeah. that space. So I really, um, I, I always encourage people to think about: is there an ally, right? Because then you can also have allies that's mm -hmm. from that group that will make space for you to take space. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's also the thing. And I think that's why mentorship is always important to me because my mentors doesn't have to look like me or be a woman, right? My mentor can be a male, right? And, and, and that's okay because that person could also 
be more like a sponsor, right? And pull me into that space. Mm-hmm. And so I think as as if I was entering a space, I'm one, I just go in and bulldoze my way, right? But I realize yeah. that not everyone is like that. So I think it's also um, surveying the landscape and okay. finding, you know, maybe not the big event. Maybe that's not where you start. And I wouldn't start there. If I was one that didn't want to like enter a strange space, maybe I'll go to a local event or attend something local or virtual where I can be in the audience, start learning until I build up that confidence to then say, hey, I'm here, turn on my camera. Like virtual, you don't even have to have your camera on most of the time. But where I can turn on my camera, enter the space and then people can start seeing me. And, And I'm a strategist. So I think about just being strategic in what fits your personality, what fits mm-hmm. your style. I like it. No, and then again, I, I, I think with what you're saying, it comes back round to education and it's a kind of like a circle because with enough information, with enough resources, you can feel more confident in your knowledge, which gives you that confidence to then go into a place and say, hey, <laughs> make room. You know? <laughs> so yeah, round and round we go, chipping away at the little... At the big iceberg with our little pickaxe, as me and my friends say. And that's exactly what it is. And that's exactly the process. You know? Yeah. And then. Time. Um, yeah. I mean, that's another one. Like just today I was working for a, for a promo video for for one of our other chain chats that we've done. And she said, Faravi, she said that uh, at the current rate of the. At the current rate in, in a specific, I think it was investment fund management or something like that, to reach gender parity, we're looking at 300 years. And I was like, well, we have a, a little while to go then. But uh, yeah, hopefully with a, with, a bit more, with a bit more sound, with a bit, being a bit louder, we might get there earlier and that kind of thing. More of us, right? Yeah. And allies, as you say, as well. I think it's super important. Um, so yes, there was one that I had in my... Uh, and my mind and now I've lost it (laughs) ah this one when did you learn your most important lesson about diversity oh my goodness there there are so many like I clump them together Uh and and I'm a researcher so I I look at trends and patterns right and what I realized is that I was being invited to panels to speak in other places where I'm the only woman, right? But I was invited, so I was represented as the woman or as the Black woman in that space. But I didn't really get a chance to speak. Ah. Right? So that's when we get to that belonging piece, right? Uh, When we're talking about diversity and inclusion, and we're talking about um, really inviting people into a space is also making sure they're included. Like it's one thing to invite them, but to make sure that they feel comfortable and make sure they feel um, they have the same speak. I found that the the other people on the panel were over speaking constantly. in December even um, on a panel. And I found that, you know, so, and that's why I think it's it's always good for that, for people to be conscious of what's going on. Because if you see someone's trying to speak and they have something to say, but everybody's over speaking and they're not um, the majority represented there in whatever group they're representing or they could be a representative of, because we know representation matters, um, then say, hey, Dr. Tammy, did you have 
that's what I mean by that when I say make space for someone to take space, to use their voice, mm -hmm. to, to share or whatever. Yeah, and just be a, a bit more, have a bit more integrity on, you know, like if you're inviting someone to speak, like you say, then actually let them speak rather than it coming, because if not, it comes across as kind of like, we're filling the quota and, and that's it. And then at the event itself, it's like non-existent. So yeah, I see what you mean. Right, what about, uh, what about like a, a bit more of a playful side maybe? the whole NFT okay. thing? What way do you see the NFT thing going? Oh, that's a great question. You know, before, I don't know if, you know, for those who are listening, I don't know if you paid attention, but like 2021, early 2022, maybe up until even around September of 2022, everybody was just throwing up photos, right? Photos and saying, oh, there's my NFT. I think that now we're seeing more utility around it. Now okay. we're seeing people be more intentional. We're seeing artists who are actually creating art and not just taking a picture of their foot and throwing it up there that they took last night when they were just at home, right? It's actually, there's intention about it. There's a purpose. And so I think FTs are now moving toward that. And I think, you know, people like myself that I understood it, I minted something, right? I did that you know, I, I did that during, before, you know, during my learning process, but I really wasn't into it. But now that I see more utility around in that, oh, this is really cool stuff. This is a great project. This is for social good. This is for, this is really making an impact. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to play. All right. Right. So I, I just see it moving into something that's, that's really valuable and adds value to the space. Yeah, that's one of the things that I mostly love. Like, obviously, the first thing most people hear about is cryptocurrency. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, for the uninitiated, they're like, no, stay away from it. But once you get into the whole space and see how much, how many social impact projects there are and, and the kind of stuff that can, you know, the, the real change that can be made with this technology, I don't know, it's something that gets me uh, quite excited, I think. Um I'm sure you're similar, no? Like, if you're an educator, I think we're generally that kind of mentality where we're like, oh, anything that's, you know, helping the world, <laughs> we're here for it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know, and that's my thing. That's how I've shifted. I'm like, oh, I'm here for it. Some people are like, well, I'm just, you know, I've created this community. This is my idea. This is my project. We've done this. And I see some real traction and progression. I'm like, sign me up. Like, send it my way. Send me the information because I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so you're right. Anything new, like all of the ESG stuff, like there's some, uh, we've been chatting recently with some uh, company that's using Hashcraft technology, which I think is slightly different, but I don't, I'm not the tech side kind of person, but um, to, to track carbon credits and things like that, or in Africa to help farmers. Like, there's so many, there's so much cool stuff. But yeah, it could be healed. Um, all right, any other wisdom or insights or experience or anything you were hoping that I would ask you that I haven't that you want to share? <laughs> um, that's that's a great. I feel like I need to be here a little longer to share that. But I will say that when we're talking about diversity in blockchain, when we're talking about diversity in this space, we always want to consider the barriers and how can we eliminate the barriers? And don't think of like you were talking about earlier, the iceberg, 
right? Think about in your space, what can you do? I remember mm -hmm. my college professor, my doctoral program, you know, that's when they, 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 we talk about the advocacy and going out there and doing some of the real work, you know, what are you going to do? And I remember, you know, one of them just said, when you close your door to your classroom, one that, and I translate that into the other things I do. What can I do in the spaces I occupy, in the spaces where I like to play in this space? How mm -hmm. can I eliminate barriers? Whether I invite one friend to come with me that maybe looks like me or from a different um, group, you know, bring maybe it's who says, hey, um, I need one more speaker, you know, maybe it's from that angle that I just think about. How can I, what can I do in this moment when I get this opportunity to add diversity, to be mm -hmm. inclusive, to make sure someone who wouldn't normally have access has access and to make sure that not only when I invite them in, that I also stay, I don't leave them there. I stay and make sure they belong, make sure they feel welcome, make sure they're involved and make sure that they can then the old phrase that that was buzzing around I'm showing my age now probably in the 90s reach one teach one right and so it's it's like doing that like teach one at a time reach one person at a time and I think that's kind of the same thing I think that's an amazing answer that I mean like super practical advice that people can take on because you know we're all just one person and maybe some of us have that like idealistic notion of I want to change the world but yeah, by yeah. just reaching one and teaching one I really like that I hadn't heard of that maybe I'm you, over here in Europe as well so, but you're young <laughs> but you know and because and, when you think about it if there's 50 of us just 50 of us doing that yeah and we do one now we're at 100 now yeah. we're you know it's multiplying and so you know I, I just I just think that we, we think 100 million by the end of 2023, you know, just imagine if you just reach one and how yeah. many you would naturally reach because what you were doing is now creating this ripple effect. Uh-huh. I love it. Oh, it's been really nice to speak to you. I'm going to ask you to leave a question for our next guest. Did you have anything oh, in mind? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, but I will say, um, just to go along the lines of, my kind of my philosophy, which has kind of been uncovered here, is like really thinking about practicality is what are you doing in the spaces you occupy to add diversity, to be inclusive, and to make sure those that you invite belong? Perfect. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on. And I will be in touch with you very soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye.